0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. The sermon text is the Gospel reading from Matthew 16. Maybe see it in the name of Jesus. On the border. No, I'm not talking about nacho chips, even though they're my favorite. On the border. No one got. No one. No, anyone eat those chips? Okay. Uh, are you awake? Okay. Good. Okay. Let's make it sure on the border, Jesus gets out of Dodge. He uh, gets far away from Jerusalem, goes on a little field trip with his disciples. Where do they go? Verse 13, now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, Caesarea Philippi? Really? I mean, this is the northern This is the boundary between Israel and the world. The location ain't arbitrary. Nothing Jesus does random. So this location, it's part of the divine plan. I mean, it's at this spot that Jesus chooses, that he puts his disciples on the spot, right? Standing in a city... Surrounded by idols made of breakable rock. Jesus, well, he makes his disciples take stock in who people think he is on every block. No time for tourism, folks. Okay, Jesus gets right down to business here. The rest of verse 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? is now herod's son philip built this city he built the city to honor caesar and uh, <coughs> himself Hence <laughs> the name you know Caesarea philippi you see caesar and philip in the name okay yeah talk about humility eh well uh, this city has all the spiritual bases covered Baskin-Robbins of religion, 32 faith flavors. I mean, on almost every single block, a house of worship, temples, oodles of them, temples dedicated to, well, the Syrian god Baal, the Greek god Pan, and the Roman the Roman godhead of Caesar, just to name a few. And of course, inside these temples are idols. Idols made of rock. Breakable, burstable, beatable, rock. So with uh, you know, the world religions in the background quite literally, Jesus wants to know what people are saying about him. And that, you know, the disciples, they they're not born yesterday, okay? Not clueless, not ignorant. They know what people are saying about Jesus in the diners, the drive-ins, the dives, okay? The word on the street about Jesus, Matthew 16, 14. And they said, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. In others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Now, the disciples list includes dead prophets that are supposedly alive again. But um, can a person with just a human identity ruin, wreck, Rock, death, and the graves rule and reign. Hmm? Now, let's give the crowds a little credit here. We can kind of understand why they think this Jesus is just you know another prophet from the OT, just you know raised up again. I mean, you think John the Baptist? He uh, he preached some strong sermons on repentance. Sounds like Jesus. Elijah. Well, the people had hopes of Elijah coming back again. And you look at his ministry. And Elijah, well, he was healing, feeding, raising the dead. Sounds a lot like Jesus. And then there's, you know, Jeremiah. He was uh, kind of shown the door by the temple teachers. He was, uh, you know, kicked out by the religious elite. Sounds a lot like Jesus. Jesus. Repentance? Restoration? Rejection? Well, (laughs) a pretty good description of Jesus, don't you think? But does this go far enough? Does this go far enough? The list that the people have and that the pollsters have and that everyone in CNN and MSNBC and Fox News has, okay, This list full of prophets that are dead, six feet under. Well, of course, not Elijah, so don't correct me, okay? I know some of you out there are like, what about Elijah? I know Elijah was given that that fiery chariot Uber ride to heaven. (laughs) I'm sure it tipped that driver well. (laughs) Nevertheless, Elijah, along with these men, they're just men mere men. Flesh and blood guys. Only a human identity. Not strong enough against death and the grave. We will, we will rock you. Now that's actually the song that death and the grave sing. Uh, Quite puffed up. They have their reason to be a bit full of themselves. I mean, you look at their track record, they're just chalking up one victory, one W after another, ever since Papa Adam and Mama Eve. I mean, the last time I checked, cemeteries aren't getting smaller, they're getting getting bigger. So if Jesus is just a prophet, a mere man, if he's just a guy, Flesh and blood, and that's it. Well, and he's going to wind up in the grave someday and most definitely stay All hope flying away. No better than any of those idols made of rock in the temple's accessory of Philippi. Break them. Burst of them. Beat them. Now, dear friends, uh, let's take heed... Okay, uh, so that we uh, we don't put our hope on the breakable. We don't want to get wrecked, ruined, rocked, do we? Okay. Bottom line is this. Bottom line is this. No one with a human identity—only that—can save anyone. Not a child. Not a spouse. Not a friend. Not a neighbor. Not a politician. Okay, got to get that in there. Not even the person we see in the mirror. Put your weight and your pain on only human identity and the burden is too great. The burden will crumble and crush and kill. Definitely. Dear friends, breakable. That's the breakable. Human identity alone, breakable. Death and the graves reign and rule. Unstoppable, because mere man is not capable. But Jesus has more than a human identity, and that is good news for everybody, right? For uh, whenever we are rocked, we know we can't be wrecked. Because of the one that Peter confessed, and that's Jesus, 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 the King, the Son of the Living God, the unbreakable, unbeatable, unconquerable rock. Now, Jesus, he uh, he moves away from the pollsters. He moves away from, you know, the common opinion on the streets. And he wants to make this real personal, and he does. Matthew 16, 15. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? No one can say, meh, I don't really have an opinion about this Jesus. Pass. Uh, yeah, there's no passing on this question. There's actually no way to uh, squirm out from underneath this question. Every single human being got to answer this question. And of course, Peter races to the front. He blurts out an answer without raising his hand. He fires a confession at Jesus. Verse 17. Verse 16. Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ The Son of the living God. Now this is loaded. This confession. So pregnant with meaning. When in the Gospel of Matthew, you run up against this word Christ. Think king. Christ equals king. When Peter sees Jesus, what he sees, who he sees, is the king. The promised king. The king that all the OT folks we're waiting for? The very king who would come and establish an unbeatable, unbreakable, unconquerable kingdom? No, no, no. Peter can't take any credit for what he says here, can he? <laughs> he can't take any credit. Jesus makes sure uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't get too full of himself. Verse 17, And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven. Peter's confession is a divine gift without question. Uh, Where he lands with his confession, he could not have landed there by speculation, observation, investigation, only by divine illumination. What Peter says here is from above these words are worked in his heart by the word, the word, the word the word, this is faith talk, he has the eyes of faith, he's able to see Jesus and see him as the king, not, not like a human king that has come before, but a king who is also the son of the living God living God. This it caught my attention this week. Living God. Emphasis on living. What a contrast to that list of dead prophets. What a contrast. Those men just, you know, mere men. Flesh and blood. Human identity. Put your hope in them? Well, talk about breakable, bustable, beatable, Talk about getting rocks, wrecked, ruined, right? Not good. Here's Jesus, though. In the flesh and blood of Jesus is one who is more than a mere man. Behold the Son of God, who is the source, capital S source, of life unending, indestructible life. Behold Jesus, who is Emmanuel, God with us, God for us, God on our side. Here God is repenting. Here God is restoring. Here God would be rejected. And Jesus goes on to spell this out right in the next narrative, actually, the next scene. He spills the beans for the first time on his... Bleeding, dying, third day, rising. And of course, that's where Peter, good old Peter, at one point he's confessing, the other time he's combative, combating, fighting. Peter stands up and says, oh Jesus, not on my watch. I didn't sign up to follow a crucified Christ. Is there any discussion though? There's no discussion. What does Jesus actually call Peter? Do Do you remember that? He says, get behind me, Satan, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is Peter, right? And and all of us. (laughs) We get it. We don't get it. We get it. We don't get it. Woo, woo, woo. Like, roller coaster at Cedar Point. So, Jesus says no discussion. It's final. It's been determined before the foundation of the world. The explanation of what Christ means will be nailed to wood. Yes, Jesus, he is this king who will be crucified on a, on a hunk of rock to bring to a screeching halt. And the hunk, the hunk of rock, of course, of course, is Calvary, right? To bring to a screeching halt death and the graves, victory march for all eternity. Look no further than Jesus for that un. Unbreakable, unstoppable, unbeatable rock. Yes, Jesus is the crucified King, rocking and wrecking death and the graves rule and reign so that we now, our uh, faith, freed, founded on the un. Breakable rock that bears all weight and pain. Now Peter here, in her text, of course, doesn't fully understand what kind of king Jesus is, but he will. He will. Following Holy Week, and certainly at Pentecost, his confession is fleshed out and filled in It's a confession that continues even after he's crucified upside down. It's a confession that has reached 303 Ruth Street. Good thing. Good thing. Wherever Peter's confession is going on, there King Jesus' building project is going on. He says so right here in our text. Verse 18. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now here Jesus does some wordplay. Kind of like what he did last week with uh, Canaanite and Canaanite, right? Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, rocky, well Peter can also be translated rocky, which many of you know. So Jesus is saying, you are rocky, and on this rock I will build my church. Church. Now, Peter's rocky because of his rock solid saving confession. A confession that King Jesus uses to build his unbreakable, unstoppable, unconquerable kingdom. His church, his gathered people. But, you know, let's be clear here is Peter actually the rock? Uh, he's not the rock. And we know he's not the rock. He, he, he's flesh and blood? He's a mere man? Put your faith in peter and yeah, you're going to be wrecked, ruined, rocked forever. And we know he's just a mere man that, you know, he's not dependable. He's breakable. I mean, look at Holy Week. Look at all of his doubts, his denials, his desertion. What makes Peter's confession rock solid is actually the content of his confession and that's Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus is the unbreakable rock that can't be rocked and ruined But does the rocking, the wrecking, the ruining, that's what he does with death in the grave. (coughs) By his Good Friday, God-forsaken death, and his Easter morning empty tomb, Jesus, the rock, rocks and ruins and wrecks death in the graves, reign and rule. Death and grave are falling down, falling down, falling down. Death and grave falling down. Woo! <laughs> <coughs> Death and the grave, nothing but this castle. That's collapsing, crumbling, hanging on by a thread. Hopeless. That's the image that we get actually from Jesus when he uses this expression, gate of Hell gates of death gates of Hades gates don't attack gates are on defense they're on defense so the, the picture here is like you know a boxer that is up against the ropes just getting beaten to death oh boom 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 fighting for survival that's death in the grave for you but their efforts are futile, fruitless, foolish, their destruction inevitable, their days numbered, their prisoners can't be held down, can't stay locked up, their powers vested, their walls breached. Their bars broken. That's what Pastor Peter gets at in his Pentecost sermon, Acts 2 24. God raised him up, losing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. And it's not possible for us to be held by death in the grave either, because we have been washed, washed, washed onto this unbreakable rock, Jesus. We are no longer prisoners of death in the grave. We're no longer locked up. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God who have been faith in Jesus, freed by Jesus, and founded on Jesus, built on the rock the church will stand. Built on the rock, Debbie will stand. Built on the rock, Matt will stand. Built on the rock, Colette will stand. Built on the rock, Aaron will stand. Built on the rock, you fill in your name, okay, will stand. Underneath your feet, underneath my feet, the unbreakable rock, Jesus. Sturdy, steady, stable. You can't ask for better footing than the unbreakable rock Jesus. Whatever, whatever is weighing you down, the pressures and stressors of life, whatever brings you pain, a broken relationship, a broken government, a broken family, A broken body, a broken mind. You remain immovable and steadfast. You remain faith, freed, founded. You remain on the unbreakable rock. And you can count on it because of the keys that Jesus gave to his church. Matthew 19. I will. Matthew 16, 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You know where the keys of the kingdom are. They're not in your drawer at home, okay? You know where they are. Look to your baptism. Look to the absolution. Look to the sermon sermon. And the scriptures look to the Lord's table, his body given for you, his blood shed for you. Here are the keys of the kingdom, the keys that rescue us, rescue us from that prison cell of sin and death and the grave and the devil. The keys that release us from sin shackles and the law's accusation and condemnation the keys that bind the devil and all of his demonic cronies, the keys that assure us, that give us the certainty of how we stand before God and where we stand. Dear friends, we stand before this living God as sons and daughters, his beloved sons and daughters, and he's most well pleased with you and me. And we stand with our feet firmly on the unbreakable rock God. Jesus. The kingdom ours remaineth. Dear friends, let's join Peter and confess this unbreakable rock on every single block with our words and works so that more and more people know that there is a king in town who forever wears his crown. There are so many around us who are on shaky ground, maybe even quicksand. And deep down they know Something ain't right. They have this feeling of restlessness. They know something is not right. Something's a bit off. And these are folks who are gripped, seized by fear, just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Their hope is built on that which is breakable, on that which is not dependable, on that which will crack. And crumble under the weight of this world and this life. No hope in money, muscle, and mankind. False gods are all around, and they do surround. We don't have to go very far. No field trip for us, okay? This is our Caesarea Philippi. No matter where we stand, we stand on the border. We stand on the boundary between the church and the world. And it's there at that spot where there's that boundary between the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of men that Jesus puts us on the spot. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Jesus wants us to share who he is, his identity, more than just a human identity. He is the God-man, fully man, fully God, fully human, fully divine. He is man's only hope. But don't let uh, that last verse in the gospel reading fool fool you, okay? The silence doesn't apply anymore. Verse 20. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Yeah, they had to be silent until Jesus could flesh out what it means to be the Christ. Well, now it's confession time. He's, he has fleshed it out. He's fleshed it out in his own flesh. Jesus has fleshed out who the Christ is by having his flesh nailed to the tree. By having his flesh raised on day three, by having his flesh ascend and be seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, King Jesus now reigns and rules in the flesh for all eternity. No one can dethrone him. He can't be voted out of office. This king also now has a footstool, doesn't he? He's made death and the grave, his footrest, his ottoman, we need not fear death in the grave anymore. Are you, is, is anyone here afraid of an Ottoman footrest? <laughs> we need not fear death in the grave. That's all death in the grave are now a footrest. So, dear friends, let us stand with Peter and let's be rockies, okay? Confessing the unbreakable rock, confessing the king who. Who lived and bled and died and rose and ascended for everyone, confessing the Son of a living God who desires all people to be members of his family, his household, a family, a house that can't be wrecked, ruined, rocked by anything or anyone. Blessed are you, Rockies. Yeah, you, Rockies. Blessed are you. Blessed are you, Rockies. We confess, and so we are blessed. And blessed also are those who hear us and believe, faith, freed, founded on the unbreakable rock. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen. (laughs)